Hello, and welcome to the Extension Experience podcast with your hosts, Josh Bouchong, Trent Malachik, and Dana Zook. Here you'll find insights into Oklahoma agriculture from West Area Specialists employed by Oklahoma State University Extension. Their perspectives come from assisting county educators and producers in the areas of agronomy, animal science, and economics. Thank you for joining us. Welcome back to the Extension Experience Podcast. My name is Trent Malachik, and I come to you here at the beginning of part two of our two-part episode on BVD and PI cattle. If you have not heard the first episode, please go back and listen to that episode and kind of get the background. Here we're going to pick up on talking about these calves at the weaning period and and kind of where we've gotten to at the end of this story and some final thoughts. So thank you for joining us, and we'll pick it right up where we left off from part one. And, and I got them moved out and hauled the town, and I had discussed with my vet at this point uh, some strategies we could take, and we decided to PI test everything I hauled the town. Cows and calves. Cows and calves, yes. And so tell us a little bit about the results. <laughs> the results, The yeah. results of those tests. So <laughs> I, take, I take these calves to town. I, I get them in the lot, load them up, take them straight to the vet, and, and we do our vaccinations and our... Uh, castrations and everything that's going on and i say i want to pi test everything and i'm also hauling cows at the same time mm-hmm. so we're so we're pi testing and remember another little idea for people if you're going to be pi testing make sure that your ear tag numbers don't overlap between your cows and your calves that you're doing because we mm-hmm. ran into that it didn't become a problem but okay <laughs> but, but, that's a good point but make sure you have unique numbers between cows and calves because we don't you don't we could have had a big problem there we could okay. have not known who was who but but it didn't end up being a problem but we were testing everybody, and I had mentioned to the vet, you know, these calves uh, have been giving me all kinds of issues, and she had known that. She had, had she had helped me through some of the summertime as well. And, you know, we got through testing the calves. I said they had problems. She said, well, we'll go ahead and take their temperature at the shoot side. Half of them were hot, half of them weren't. So, you know, the ones that were running a temperature, we gave Mycotil to, and and got them all taken home into the weaning pen. Now, another saga to the story. My weaning pen is also, or is just basically around a barn where I also have uh, some heifers that are getting ready to calve. I'm wintering some bulls in this area, and there's 100 acres of wheat directly to the south. It's just a barbed wire fence in between the weaning pen and and these wheat pasture calves, where there's 40-some-odd wheat pasture calves Mm -hmm. hanging out. So I get them home. And I'm checking them. Everyone's doing fine the first day. And then, so, you know, I dump them out in the evening. I think that was, oh, it would have been a Friday or something. I don't remember exactly the dates. Anyway, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. I, I leave. I come. I go to work the next day. I come back in the evening. Of course, it's dark because it's that time of year where yeah. you get off work and it's dark. So mm-hmm. I'm checking by flashlight and I find one just laying down. Like like sickly laying down, sick, not just like comfortable. Like next to death, I'm like, oh my goodness, there's no way I'm going to save this animal. <laughs> so I call my vet after hours. She loves to hear from me now. <laughs> I'm sure I'm in her caller ID yeah. as pain. But <laughs> So I say, well, one of these calves has gone down. It was one we did treat with Mycotil. And she said, well, if it's black leg... The only thing we can do is give it uh, some penicillin. So we dose it with a clinical dose of penicillin uh, at her recommendation. And 
again, which which may or may not be different. So again, consult with your veterinarian about what you're yes, how much you're supposed to give them. But on all these things, of course. So at, under her recommendation, we gave him a, a large dose of penicillin and went back in the early morning to check on him. Still alive, not black leg, obviously at this point. And so he can't even get up. I mean, I, I stand mm-hmm. him up falls back down again i said these calves were light that's about a 250 pound calf that i've weaned so i'm very concerned about about him being able to get through this so i drag him somewhat with the help of my dad across the lot pick him up by hand into the trailer which at that point you realize a 250 pound calf really isn't that light no it's not very small (laughs) they look light when they're standing but man when you try to pick them up they become a problem when you're dead weight but haul him down to the vet gets saline gets a new floor i think I got a shot of new floor. Now start thinking in your mind if you have any idea what medicines are costing. Lots, lots and lots of medicines. <laughs> LA 200, Jackson, yeah. new yeah. floor, Mycotel. I mean, the alphabet is inside of this calf yeah. at this point. <laughs> and I mean, we haven't, we, we hadn't tried to exceed yet, but. So you're still waiting on results for yeah, this PI. Yeah, so you don't waiting. know, but we're, but yeah. this calf is down. So and, this is like two days since they've been through the shoot. So the results are, are inbound, but not here yet. <laughs> and. She, you know, the vet says, well, got a pretty good idea. This is going to be one of your problem calves. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> we're, we're finding out something because one thing we know about PI calves is when put under stress, they tend to mm-hmm. fall pretty hard. So lo and behold, lucky me, I kept this thing alive, you know, and, and we nursed it back to health. It stayed in quarantine in the back of my trailer for about a week. And in, the, in that meantime, we got all of our results back. That calf was. PI mm-hmm. positive, and my infamous BVD Bessie, that that very first uh, heifer calf BVD that I said BVD Bessie, this is perfect. <laughs> that was a, that was a poor, really poor doer. She was a weak positive. Okay, so a positive, right? So yeah, in my mind, very, very, very positive. And and b- <laughs> both these calves had been with the same group. You know, they had been oh, yeah. with the same group as they weaned in in back to your in your weaning pen. That is not necessarily yeah isolation situation yeah so for the viewers listening here uh, let's roll back to my description of that weaning pin everyone's kissing and touching noses and saying hi to each other when they come in i've got i've had two pi calves and they're one for two days and the other one has been in there for four or five days mm-hmm. and i'm just thinking oh my goodness i've i've compounded one huge mistake with another huge mistake in my just trying to find relief on getting these calves out of the pasture they were in away from their mothers i go ahead and put them in into this other situation where it's also uh, really ne- going to negatively affect my herd luckily uh, some of the things we know about pis those those heifers that i had in there were third trimester very heavy bred one's already calved so at that time that timeline they probably weren't incredibly infected or affected although they could have been infected from those pi calves and then my wheat pasture calves, uh, I had one that had been an orphan calf, so he was always behind, kind of poor doer, but not a part of this herd. About a week after the introduction of those calves, he got a real foamy mouth and was doing real terrible, mm-hmm. so he got a shot of Draxon. Let's, let's spend more money. And he got over it just fine, but I have a few other really healthy-looking 750-pound heifers out there, and they, you know, they cough every once in a while. I can tell that there's something moving through that mm-hmm. herd as well. So the idiot that I am. <laughs> well, so this I is... it right over there. But I will say this <clears throat> is a really common thing. Like not all yeah. of us have an isolation pen. I mean, no. we're not all set up for that sort of thing. And so that's very common. And you had no idea. No. You had no idea. Um, and so 
just so just so uh, the listeners know, PI calves are created typically from um, a cow that has been infected in the second trimester, that calf mm-hmm. in utero. And so when you talk about those third trimester heifers, they maybe weren't affected. They could have gotten it, but they probably wouldn't produce a PI calf. And so, Correct. and the veterinarian will talk more about that. We won't get into the details of that, but that is an interesting kind of detail to this whole thing. And you've learned that through this whole process, right? Oh, I've learned so much. Yeah. And the first thing I learned was even though it's bovine vir- viral diarrhea, Virus. So, virus. Yes. Okay. Yeah. The, the whole acronym. Mm-hmm. Uh, diarrhea again isn't the biggest problem. That you no, tend to it's have. not. It's very confusing. And, yeah, it can and, be, but it's not really so, that 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 common. Yeah, and then you're also thinking, I had no idea how a PI calf was produced. I had all these horror ideas in my head. That, Am I making more? Am I creating them as I go? Like what? <laughs> what is happening in my herd? And then, then I finally, you know, and. You know, the vet will talk more about this, but like you said, we, we figured out exactly how we made them. But you can you can prompt me for some discussion on that whole idea on, on making more and what my concerns mm-hmm. still are. So let's talk about maybe some, now that you have that, you've had this situation, and this really has happened a couple months ago, so you've had time to think about it. Mm-hmm. What are some future changes as far as management? I mean, how do you feel about this PI testing situation? There's a lot of people out there that don't want to do it. Um, uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's somewhat controversial. So from your opinion, what's, what are you going to do from your management style for that? Well... <laughs> For the people against it, I guess ignorance is bliss in a way, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but the economic impact of those two calves in my herd, emotionally, economically, from a stress standpoint, has just been uncalculable for me, and I'm an economist. I mean, it has been an ordeal, and the PI testing is cheap (laughs) compared to what I've had to deal with in drugs and, and just... Like I said, you're out there in the middle of the night trying to rope calves by the headlights of your pickup and getting kicked, and and they don't like to be handled that way, and, and it's just been an incredible mess. And I would say, again, if you ever think you're going to have PI problems, uh, any new animals coming into your herd, it's not expensive. And mm-hmm. that will be something that I'll be implementing here for probably several years till the scars are a little more healed over just to make sure that I haven't perpetrated this problem in my herd. Because thinking back to what I've done, I had PI calves on the ground with he- have or with cows now that have been rebred in second trimester. Mm-hmm. So I could. So you're worried about I abortions and I'm worried about abortions. I'm worried about more PI calves. Yeah. I'm not out of the woods yet, <laughs> and and the only way to get out of the woods is to leave a bull out of the herd until you get all the animals on the ground and tested. Yeah. So I'm nowhere near out of this. So I'm having to keep these cows and these calves isolated in their own pasture which doesn't fit my plan very well because i like to co-mingle my cows to get them bred because for bull power and so yeah i mean what more what more do you want to know i mean yeah absolutely it, so there's a lot to it i mean cost of testing for bi it depends on you know where you go but it's pretty pretty minor i mean five dollars i i'm not going to quote that but it, it's below yeah. 10 bucks a head yeah, or you're, something you're like pretty that. close there the mailing fee if mm-hmm. you can do as many as possible together that cuts down the mailing fee and then the individual animal cost i mean yeah we spend more money on dumping cubes to make them happy as opposed to what that costs so that's that's trivial in the grand scheme of things and so you're already you have it's not like you don't have a vaccination program you already do vaccinate Mm -hmm. um you mentioned that you do sometimes use a killed vaccine 
Um, yeah, or, everything's at the recommendation of my vet. I don't uh-huh. work anything myself. Uh, so, but yeah, I do my best to get my cows in once a year, once every mm-hmm. 18 months. Yeah. <laughs> However, you know, when the weather cooperates, we try to get them in there. So, you know, at her recommendation, we do everything we can to, to prevent. But it was just, you know, these animals were so outside of what I normally deal with that it was just hard for me to understand what was going on and what the red flags would be. Looking back, you know, what what should have I done? I should have trusted my gut. I should have I should have seeked some more help early on. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that we would have necessarily caught it incredibly faster in, in a faster way. There were so many things going on at one time health wise that was that was acting negatively against us. But then thinking about like weaning, and I didn't have an isolation pen. You know how important that is. Whenever you're, if you think you have a problem with calves, trying to keep those separated, and then I even, you know, had the problem of well, I need to now disinfect my trailer and all oh, these yeah. different things. You know, it's just cattle industry. We don't deal with that as much as some mm-hmm. of the other animals, and and it's hard to think of everything it's and the pandemic has given us a really good idea about how disease can spread absolutely it's very similar this is very similar to what we have been hearing yeah highlight go ahead josh yeah and going back to what you said you just had that gut feeling when you saw them but even healthy looking red heifers you can't tell by just looking well not if they yeah not on the plus side you could have spent two thousand ahead and been in the same boat yeah Well, you don't always know. Yeah, absolutely. So like through all of this, what are some bright spots? So some bright spots, some some things I actually did right. uh, And I hope people can kind of glean some good from is I did keep those cows alone. And that was at your guys' recommendation, animal science and extension. I I solicited some some advice. And well, if you're going to bring in a new herd of cows, keep them by themselves. I did put a virgin bull with them. And you know, of course, he probably he was exposed to BVD and because of those calves, but he seems no worse for wear because of everything that he went through with them. Uh, other bright spots. I mean, I've learned a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a better roper now. So that's, <laughs> that's a thing. At and all speeds, right? Resume, yeah. yeah, I can rope on foot with the best of them. I think, but uh, I need to work on my horse skills now. But <laughs> well, let Lori teach you how to do that. Yeah, but when it comes to to herd health. I just, recognizing that there's a problem early on and not not just thinking it's your own experience, because that's what I kept coming back to. Like, I'm, I'm the idiot here. I'm the one that's doing something wrong. Either I shouldn't have put them in this pasture with four-foot-tall dead grass, or, you know, I, there's something, I'm not getting them treated enough. It's because I'm not down here enough, even though I tried to go about every day. I'm, I'm just not getting them treated fast enough. Or it's because I bought undersized heifers and I'm assuming they don't have enough milk and that's why the calves look poor. All of that affected it, but at the end of the day, it was a monster problem that I kind of didn't want to believe was true. <laughs> you know, And, and when, you get, when you get ready to make a decision and you've spent a lot of money, it's kind of hard to admit you were wrong. And Many times I think back that if I would have just loaded that whole herd up and hauled them off as soon as they started giving me all these problems, how much farther ahead I would have been. <laughs> well, you had mentioned but, that about yeah. six months yeah. ago, right? So well, speaking of hauling off, once you have a confirmed case, what's the options? Yeah. So with those PA calves, you want to isolate them and and just be honest about them. Uh, you can feed them out. Lots of people feed them out. They just don't need to reenter the herd. Uh, mm. Uh, don't take them to the cell barn. Yeah, you they run them still through, be slaughtered. 
Yeah, because they, they will slough that virus their whole lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, just honesty from as far as that goes. Um, so the moral of the story is trust your gut, right? <laughs> and don't beat up on yourself so much. And and so as far as that goes, what advice do you have for new producers or producers that maybe have this in the back of their mind? Like, well, this might be happening. Yeah. Well, contacting your vet and being aggressive, doing something, you know, we're just lucky we can test. They didn't always have that option. So it's not like this is something new, but we do have the option to test and it's cheap. So if you think you have some kind of an issue where you're continually having calves getting sick, no matter what else is going on, getting a little ear notch and, and figuring out if that's your problem is very simple. Once I got those calves out of there, it might just be my own mind being relieved. But all of a sudden, the cows that are left out of all of this feel like mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't feel like those sale barn cattle that I bought that are causing me all the problems. They actually feel like they're my cows. They, all of a, Once I got those calves off, now, of course, having those calves uh, off of those heifers is going to make them perk up a little bit. They are, they're no longer uh, wet cows. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they, they look better, they look healthier, and, and things have just gotten better. So the, being proactive in your and the way you try to manage those. I could have tried to get rid of some of these problems and nip them in the bud earlier on. And I, I kept thinking in the back of my mind, they're all supposed to be heavy bred. They're all supposed to be calving. I'll, I'll group them together and I'll get rid of this problem all at once. I should have been more mm-hmm. active yeah. instead of just waiting. Yeah. So very important to work with your local veterinarian. If you don't have one, find one. Yeah. There are less and less large animal vets out there, but uh, they are, most of the ones I know are very good and very willing to help you. And so I'm excited uh, for in a few weeks to have Barry come and talk after um, about some of those topics, but hopefully you're on the tail end <laughs> of this issue. And, and maybe you maybe you don't have an issue with your calves going forward. Hopefully when you PI test these next calves that are on the ground, they won't have any issues, yeah. fingers crossed. Yeah, well, that's important to, to talk about as well because, well, earlier on you and I talked about you know, just the blow financially this could cause to a herd. You know, I've, I'm expanding my herd, so I will be able to absorb this. <laughs> it hurts, and, and it's not going to be fun. I don't know that this herd of cattle will ever make me money. Mm-hmm. I mean, it might be year eight or nine before I recover all of these losses uh, caused by this, just the poor doers and the open cows and things that, have, that went wrong with this whole thing. But, you know... As we, as we move forward with these animals, we got to be thinking about, you know, the ones, the cows that are in their second trimester that were exposed to those calves before I got them out, they could very well have PI calves. And I've started calving the second round again already. And, you know, the, the calf that's on the ground all by himself, he's spry and spunky, but that doesn't mean he's not PI. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the scary part about this, these PI calves and, and the disease itself is it affects animals so differently yeah yeah so hopefully going forward you're doing well um new producers take this to mind and and know that this is an issue i think it's a big issue it's an issue for the entire uh cattle industry i think our conversation will continue as far as this goes i know texas has some some laws they treat bbd a little bit differently Mm -hmm. um it's a it's in, in their eyes a little bit more serious Um, and so we've, we've had some discussions over the years through extension about this, um, disease, this virus complex and how, um, detrimental it is. But I think it's, it's an interesting, um, topic and I hope we, uh, can talk about it further, hopefully 
in a better context, right, Trent? Well, and keep bringing things up, but I think it's incredibly important for people to know that these PI calves can become cows. Mm -hmm. And there's, we've got herds across Oklahoma that have PI cows mm -hmm. that stay for 10 years and just are continually infecting everything. And, you know, you probably have subclinical signs in that herd, but performance is affected. So, again, if you're going out, you know, if this was my first herd, I'd be absolutely devastated. I may not recover financially from it in that yeah. situation. So, again, uh, need to be really picky about where we're getting some of our animals and, and talk with the producers. And, and hopefully we can get some animals that maybe weren't commingled and exposed to some of these viruses. Yeah, talk to your vet. Maybe a PI test is, is the way to go to get started and mm -hmm. that sort of thing. So with that, I guess we'll wrap it up and uh, look forward to seeing you all. And the next time we'll talk with our extension veterinarian about BVD further. Um, thanks for listening. We hope you've enjoyed what you've heard. If you would like to hear more or follow up on the discussed topics, please reach out to your local county extension agent. OSU has a presence in all 77 counties with the educators eager to assist you. Also, please consider checking the description for links to our social media pages and further information pertinent to the conversation. Thanks again and we'll talk to you soon.